Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Suit up. Mission Impossible Fallout is 95% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It's one of the best action movies ever made. Showtime. Rolling Stone calls it off the charts spectacular. What is he doing? I find it best not to look. A thrillingly clever story filled with twists and turns. Target Ethan Hunt. We should be dead. Why aren't we? With an ending that will blow you away. Wait are out. In. Tom Cruise. Mission Impossible Fallout. Now playing. When PG-13 may be inappropriate for children under 13. Give me a break. That's what we're going to do, Michael. We're going to be like accountants now in baseball. Uh, what is it? The Pythagorean theorem. The Pythagorean theorem said that the Red Giants offensive line, that their record should be one in one. That's the Pythagorean theorem said that the Giants offensive line, that their record should be two and all. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. 40 years. Guys being dudes. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I'm Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting with NDT Scouting, also with FanRag Sports. And we are your hosts here on a Monday edition of the show. It is Combine Week. It is a big week in this NFL draft evaluation process. And uh, we are going to dig into that for you over the next three days here on the podcast. Kyle, welcome to the show. We are the hostess with the mostest here on Draft Dudes. What? Ready to roll, baby. Let's go. Combine week, Joe. Big. It's combine week. It's an important event, Kyle. I'm here to get lit, dude. I'm, I'm ready to hit the road. You know, we got we got the Wednesday show talking defense. We're talking offense today. Then I'm hopping in the car and I'm picking up Mr. Ledyard. And we're driving to Indy. And we'll be in Indy Thursday morning. We're going to be there through Sunday sometime in the afternoon. And uh, we're going to be talking to these players. We're going to be talking to whoever we run into in the media and whoever we run into from an NFL perspective. So, uh, And, Joe, you are the unsung hero of this entire event because you, you poor thing, you're running the draft tracker again, (laughs) the combine tracker again this year. Turned down my combine credential to do it. So, um, 
glad, glad to provide the numbers for the people. And uh, they're such a, a, a great resource. And um, I'm here. I'm here to do it. So uh, you guys take care of us on 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 site and I'll take care of us behind the scenes and we'll uh, we'll kill this combine coverage. Yeah. So um, I guess do we want to dig right in? Yeah. I mean, we're like we said, we're going to split this thing up, offense and defense, uh, kind of break down. Joe, we're going to have two different perspectives, you and I, talking about these next two shows. Um, you're going to be talking specifically about what players need to prove as it relates to their overall profile to teams and in the media. Is that correct? Yeah, that's kind of the approach that I'm going to take some of my my talking points on. And I am going to be more focused on my personal board uh, because I am far enough along in my film evaluations. Uh, for example, for today's show, uh, I will not, and I'm so thrilled to be able to say this because we watch like 36 wide receivers, dude. I will not have to watch another wide receiver this year. I've watched them all. I've watched every offensive skill position. I am done with the film. And as much as I love this process, I am not sad at all to be able to say that. So what I'm going to do is I'm looking at my own personal rankings because I can see in a snapshot where these guys are in standing in relation to one another. And I'm going to say this is where we've got a bottleneck of prospects and this is where we have the opportunity for these guys to separate themselves amongst my personal rankings and my personal draft board. Kyle, let's dig into this thing. I'll, I'll lead us off here. And, let's and go. I'll start with quarterbacks just because that's always the main talking point when we talk about NFL football. And I think there's two guys in this quarterback group that I think have the most to show. And I'm talking specifically in the drills. And I know that, you know, that what they do in these drills is not uh, defining of what they will be, but um, there are two guys in particular, Sam Darnold and Lamar Jackson, that um, have noticeable mechanical issues that I think are kind of going to be make or break for those guys at the next level. Sam Darnold, obviously with the elongated release and loopy throwing motion and, and some of his uh, lower body mechanics to get his hips and feet into his throws. And you've seen some videos and stuff floating around on Twitter about some of the work that he's done and some of the improvements. And, you know, his first opportunity to really showcase that in a, in a somewhat of a pressure situation in front of, you know, everybody in the NFL on that stage with all the, all the light shining on him is going to be when he throws at the combine. And so, you know, I'm anxious to see, you know, is that, is that release quicker? Is it not as elongated? Does he uh, actually set a consistent base and, and show that rhythm in his footwork that we need to see from him uh, with Lamar Jackson? You know, it's it, obviously he's got all the arm strength that we need, but the big thing with him is that base really narrows and, and he's, he, his weight doesn't stay on top of the football and, and he, he gets a little bit erratic with some of his throws where he really tries to drive it because his weight's just not on top of the ball. You know, so do, do we see, growth mechanically from Lamar Jackson and Sam Darnold. And I think from the quarterback perspective, those two have the most to prove. Now, obviously I've got mechanical questions galore for some of the guys that I project more as later day three guys, but, but uh, you know, those guys are important. The Kurt Bankerts and the Mike Whites of the world and, and, and all those types of guys. But for me, I'm really anxious to see Darnold and Jackson and how they look mechanically. Yeah, it's it's always interesting, right, as far as what kind of value do you take in non-live throwing sessions. But 
at least being able to show the ability to have some growth, I think would at least ease the mind or at least allow evaluators to kind of talk themselves into a little bit more. Uh, For me personally, from the quarterback group, one thing I'm really looking forward to seeing how it plays out is how good of an athlete is Josh Allen? Because we've heard best physical profile and and best skill set to come through since Cam Newton. And Josh is obviously a very big kid. Uh, Looks like a quarterback, Joe. (laughs) He just looks off the bus like a quarterback. But – and from a historical context, is he a special athlete on top of you know, having the big arm and the big frame? And if he does, that has the potential for him. I'm obviously a guy that's been uh, cooler on Josh than a lot of our contemporaries for a really long time. Uh, if he tests well, I'm looking at some of the guys that are in the same tiering as him. And I think he can really separate himself and establish himself as kind of the, the high upside, which makes sense. He's the high upside go-to guy, middle rounds of the draft for me. He's not a guy I'm going to buy into. If somebody else wants to make that investment in Josh Allen in the first round, hey, good luck to Josh. You never want to see anybody fail, but if it were my reputation, he's not a guy I would put in that stratosphere. Uh, It's kind of the same thing from what we saw from Paxton Lynch and Blake Bortles. Like These were guys that carried day two – early day three grades for me. And, and Josh is somebody that, you know, I always like seeing the final output kind of marry to what my opinion is of the player. And that's exactly what we're getting with Josh, where Josh, I'm expecting to be a guy that, that ends up with a late day two, early day three grade for me. And um, if he tests as well as advertised, as far as being this really strong athlete, that's exactly where he's going to land. And he's probably going to end up being quarterback six or seven. Kyle's got the fire takes on quarterbacks, and I'm I'm certainly not high on Josh Allen myself. But, um, you know, I know that you like Chase Litton a ton, the Marshall quarterback. Uh, Given given where you stand on him, is there something you're looking for out of of Chase in Indy that he can show that uh, will show that he's, you know, deserves to be considered by more people uh, above the Josh Allens of the world? Um. I don't necessarily think so because I think the the issue for Chase is where he played and the profile that he has. And he kind of declared and everybody said who, and they, they went about their lives and he's another guy that's going to come in and he's going to be a big kid. And uh, he's got a nice arm and he moves around fairly well. And he has similar strengths and weaknesses to Josh Allen. He's not as good of an athlete as Josh Allen. Uh, but I think some of the actual between the ears stuff, I actually think I feel more comfortable with Chase Linton than I do Josh Allen. And I don't think you're going to get a lot of context and perspective on that through the on the field stuff. Now, the off the field, the interviews, sure. You know, the team sitting down with Chase Linton and asking him X's and O's. And uh, he had some some off the field stuff when he was younger during his earlier days in Marshall. I believe he served suspension at one point. Uh, from all reports, that's all been cleaned up, and uh, a lot of people seem to think that he's he's grown mentally a lot during his last year or two at Marshall. So the stuff that's going to be valuable for Chase is the behind-the-closed-door stuff. I don't think you're going to get anything out of him other than seeing, oh, yeah, it's a big guy, and he can push the football pretty well. 
Kyle, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a curveball here because I, I didn't tell you I was gonna talk oh, about boy. this on the show. You you don't have to react to it, but it's something that came to my mind here when I was thinking about the running backs in this year's combine. And there are a slew of really big ones, right? Like we've got like Brashad Penny, we got Carrion Johnson, we've got Josh Adams, we've got Bo Scarborough, we've got Royce Freeman. All these guys are gonna be big dudes. And I'm anxious to see, does any of them show an athletic skill set that makes people get really excited because a lot of those guys that I mentioned, I'm, I'm warmer on some than others, but uh, you know, I, I yeah. don't see a lot of that mobility, that burst that we're looking for those, those fluid hips, that ability to really get, uh, get with on their cuts and really plant and just get spring off of their step. And, you know, I've been pretty cool on carry on Johnson. You know, I've, I've kind of called him a plotter, but you know, does any of these bigger backs, these 230 pound plus guys, which we've got like five of them show an athletic skill set that makes people say, Oh man, you know, this is, this is the athlete to complement the size. If I had a, to take a guess, I think that guy could be Josh Adams. But we'll see. Oh, you dog. Yeah, were you going to take that? Were you going to take you said, Yeah, you, you set me up for the, the curveball question <sighs> I'm sitting on. And I'm like, yeah, I feel really good. Josh Adams is going to be my dude here. I'm going to throw him out, give him love, because you get him out in the open field. If he's got a little bit of momentum coming into the second level, I mean, he's, he's shot out of a cannon. Mm-hmm. And he takes contact pretty well. He spins off a of contact pretty well. Uh, he does a nice job keeping his momentum moving forward. So you see some contortions of the body from him that, like, even Carrion Johnson, who I like, like Carrion Johnson and Josh Adams are like right next to one another, right next to one another. As I'm looking at my running back rankings as they stand right now, with everybody on even footing, Carrion's more of kind of like that jump slide through the gap kind of turns his body laterally and diminishes his surface area where Josh Adams actually shows more flexibility and a little more burst out of his steps than what carry on Johnson does. So I, I personally think that's kind of rude that you give me that question <laughs> and then you take my answer at the very end as I'm getting ready to well, finish Well, you it. still answered it and it really wasn't as much of a question as it was something I wanted to get into that we didn't really talk about that I was going to get into. So I, I will give you back the floor, sir. Okay. Um, if I'm looking at the running back group, there's two prominent battles for me personally uh, that I'm looking forward to seeing play out, uh, one of which is Nick Chubb and Darius Geis. Uh, both of these guys are in contention for RB2. Uh, Chubb's a guy, uh, Joe, we were talking in the pre-show, you kind of raised your eyebrows here saying, whoa, you got Chubb up there in contention? And I, I was surprised to see his outputs out there as well, but I really liked his film and you know all the other stuff as far as uh, the experience and the production scores. Um, he's got edges over Geis in both. Uh, I do think I do expect both of these guys to finish and carry uh, first round rates for me when it's all said and done. I really do. Uh, I want to see Chubb from a Chubb, from Chubb's perspective. What kind of explosiveness do you showcase? I saw they had like his his um, high school measurements, Joe, and he was like two twenty five coming out of high school and ran sub four five with like a thirty seven inch vert, just like stupid explosiveness that like this dude's eighteen years old and could have gone and played in the NFL um, as far as physically. So 
from Chubb's perspective, how much of that does he get back? Because if he touches close to those numbers, being around 230, which is where we were expecting him to be, he's probably going to lock himself in RB2 for me. And before I get into my other battle, Joe, I'll let you have the floor for for something you're looking for out of this running back group. Well, I, I think um, I, I just am really kind of surprised, man. As much as you like Geis, and, and I think this is maybe – it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I just I thought that Barkley was like so high of a tier, and then Geis was a tier, and then it was Chubb. But to to hear that Chubb is right there with you for Geis and in contention to be, uh, you know, RB two uh, says a lot about where you think Nick Chubb is, and um, it's nice to not have to talk about the knee anymore. I know that it's always going to be a, a, a talking point, but I mean, right. two seasons now, Kyle. Of of a oh, heavy heavy workload on that knee, I think. Full season. I think he's gonna. Yeah. He's gonna be just fine. Uh, I guess the other other name really here for me is Naheem Hines out of NC State. Um, you mm-hmm. know, he's listed at five eight two hundred. Um, I've I've talked to him. He might not be two hundred, Kyle. Like he's uh, he's he's a little bit light, and so I'd like to see him check in there uh, because. I think that's going to help him a lot because I think he's going to be fast. But if he can be fast and show uh, that he's got some thickness to him, I think that would be really important. I expect him to have really good agility scores and, um, you know, he, he'll probably jump well. But, you know, does he have that, that speed that we think he has at a weight that's acceptable? Because if he starts tinkering around with, you know, sub, sub 190 and stuff, you know, then he's going to lose a lot of his uh, – out of a lot of his sparkle for me. So um, – I'm nervous about him being that 200 pounds, and I think it's an important number for him to check in and check in and be able to run like we think he can. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu, title premium, 15 gigabytes, mobile hotspot, and full HD. Atlas, we need to shout that from the rooftops. Best deal ever. I didn't mean literally. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit Sprint.com slash Unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercials plan for Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit. And $30 activation fee speed. Maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. Yeah, I'm betting under on 200 for Heinz. But I think he's close. I think he'll come in. He'll, he'll be as well prepared as he can be to keep his speed. If you had to ask me which one we're going to lose, I think he's going to lose the size. I don't think he's going to lose the speed. The other one for me is RB5. Contention between Sony Michelle, Mark Walton, and John Kelly. It's Barkley, Geisen Chubb, head-to-head. Ronald Jones pretty firmly established as RB4 in my groupings. And I got Sony Michelle, John Kelly, Mark Walton, all pretty closely grouped together. I am fully expecting because of the size – an explosiveness combination from an athletic testing perspective that Sony Michelle is going to solidify his grip on RB5. Um, but keep an eye out for Mark Walton. We haven't seen Mark Walton in a while. Broke his ankle. We don't know where he was at as far as his his weight. He's had a little bit of a jump start as far as his rehab and lifting weights and, 
know, really getting into good shape. Does he show up and, and showcase that explosiveness that we saw this, this year? I don't know. I think Walton's an interesting guy. He's kind of off the radar right now because he was hurt. Uh, but he's really potent with the football in his hands. He's a three-down back because he's got receiving ability as well, just like what we see from John Kelly, John Kelly out of Tennessee, where John Kelly is off the radar because Tennessee sucked this year, and that offense was terrible outside of September. And um, there's some some context guys that have pushed up into this contention for like this third tier uh, of running back groups. I, I do expect though, it's going to be Saquon, some combo of guys, Chubb, Ronald Jones, and Sony Michelle is my top five backs. Got ready to shift this thing to wide receivers. Let's go. You know, I think for me, the number one thing I'm looking for is James Washington and his testing. You know, he's a guy that the product production's off the charts. And for four years, it felt like we just watched him, burn defenses vertically and everybody said you know he's not he doesn't have great speed well (laughs) we'll find out we'll find out because I got a feeling this dude runs faster than than expected I know it's the big 12 and there's all kinds of space to be had in these in these secondaries but there is something to be said for just how frequently he was just running down the middle of the field with nobody within five ten yards of him and so I'm anxious to see if that is, you know, four four speed, or if it's, or if it's, uh, everyone, you know, there's some fool's gold with it. So, James Washington, how fast are you? And if you are fast, you know, this is a top five wide receiver in this class, and I think that that's something that we can learn here uh, come, you know, by the end of the week. Joe, I owe James Washington an apology here on Draft Dudes. I don't know if you remember a couple months ago. I said I wasn't sure if James Washington or Marcel Aitman was a better wide receiver prospect. And I was foolish to say that because James Washington, the, the more I watched and getting to see him at the Senior Bowl and the nuance that he had on his, on his routes there in person and getting to see that and understanding you know, really specifically how comfortable he is reading defenders on his route stems and adjusting his body and you know everything's deliberate and the length that he has at 34 inch arms, it explains why he plays so big because he's got that length. And I do think he's a better athlete than people have given him credit for. So I do think very confidently having gotten to this point in the process and watched them over and over and over again and, and sorted through and, and vetted their strengths and weaknesses. I do think James Washington is comfortably the better wide receiver than Marcel Aitman. That being said, James Washington is a mired in a group of six guys that are all vying for competition at the top of the wide receiver groupings for me, Joe. I don't know if there's any guy that's going to finish with a first-round grade, but I'm going to read you the guys that are in contention, and they're all names we know really well. Anthony Miller is one, Cortland Sutton, James Washington, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, and Christian Kirk. Auden Tate's a hmm, little step down. And I'm not expecting on Tate to run that well. I'm thinking mid four fives. People seem to want to tell me he's running four six. I think mid four fives. So Joe, really interested to see how this group's really tightly bunched. And this is what we talk about. And the value of the way that we do these things is we take a film grade. We watch them on film. We grade them on film. That is the gross majority. Then we take into account you know, experience, production. These things haven't seemed to to cause any separation yet. So 
the tiebreaker is the last piece in the process, which is the NFL combine. So I'm going to come out of the combine and I'll tell you exactly who my number one wide receiver is. But right now it could be one of six guys because they're all very tightly bunched. And I trust the process. So Joe, my question for you, throwing you a, a curveball here of my own, taking a page out of your book. What is your over-under set for James Washington's 40 time at the Combine? Oh, man, I would set it at 4-4-7, four, four, and I'd tell people to take the over or under, and, I, and, I, and I'd take the odds either way. I, um, I was going to say 4-4-8, four, four, so I think we're right in line. So does that mean you're taking the, the over? Here. Is this a real bet? Are we doing this? Um. <laughs> are you are you saying four four seven and down? I'll take. F- nah, you know I don't want I don't I don't want this. I don't. Yeah, want that. that's a smart bet. That's why you keep winning bets because you keep taking smart bets. I don't take I I don't. You're exactly right. I don't take anything that's close. I have to be decide like in fantasy football or baseball or something. You would have I'd have to be so blown away to get a, to do a trade. And I, <laughs> I'm that guy, man. You know what I mean? I'm boring, but you're the hard trader. I yeah. am. I, I got one more thing here to say about these receivers, Kyle. And I think that right, I think right. we are going to come out of this event with a lot of love for Mr. Cortland Sutton out of SMU. Man, this dude mm-hmm. is the guy that I feel like has the best chance to be a bona fide number one alpha receiver in the NFL. He's 6'3", 220. Uh, I think he'll check in right there. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all if he doesn't. You know, if he if he doesn't if he meets those marks, but you know, there's some what I would call lazy takes because uh, I shared you know that I was very high on on Cortland Sutton on Twitter, and I was met with a lot of responses that talked about that he can't separate. Well, you know what? That's that's just seeing that he's big and, and throwing a label on him. I mean, that, that's a bad take. This guy is a very good route runner, and he's pretty loose for for a guy of his size and he's got really good burst and he gets in and out of his breaks very smoothly. And he's got ability with the ball in his hands uh, as a runner. So um, I think people are going to see a really dynamic size athletic profile from Cortland Sutton and people will warm up to him and, and start thinking, wow, is this the guy that can be really the number one bonafide alpha receiver? And I think that, that there will be people that come around to that idea. I mean, there's a reason why we both comped him to T.O. Oh, you gave it. You put it out there. Tell the story. Yep. Tell the story. There it is. So, Joe, Joe reaches out to me through DMs and says, Kyle, (laughs) I have a comparison for Cortland Sutton. And did I guess it before you told me? I don't remember. No, no. I I think you got the phrasing wrong. I said, I said, Kyle, is Cortland Sutton? Terrell Owens. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I. Said. And I sent you a screen. And I sent you a screenshot of my report on Cortland Sutton, which featured the comparison at the bottom with the words Terrell Owens written into the comparison tab. And then expletives ensued. Yes, many expletives. <laughs> I think we're spending too much time together, dude. Like we're on the same wavelength. We'll see when these boards come out. We'll see when the boards come out. We have Board Wars yes, 2.0. I, I, I cannot wait for Battle of the Boards. Is that what 2.0. it is? Battle of the, Joe, let's talk Battle of the Boards. Right. Let's talk tight let's ends. Because I think if we look at the tight end group, we both, again, shockingly, have the same kind of narrative and storyline we're interested in. Uh, we're just coming at it from different angles. We both want to talk about 
the trio of Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst, and Dallas Goddard. Who the hell's tight end one? <laughs> For me personally, I couldn't tell you because they are separated by like Gene Serator's note card Ooh, on the field. Strong, strong reference. Try, trying to <laughs> trying to measure, you know, if that's a first down or not. Oh. That's how closely these guys are bunched. I got to break out the note cards, <laughs> the eight by fours, and figure out who the hell's going to be tight end one. It's just like what we talked about with the wide receivers. This thing's going to come down to athletic testing. My money's on Dallas Goddard. Don't bet against him. He's going to have the best combo of size and explosiveness. I I was expecting you to say Hayden Hurst. I really was. I don't think Hayden Hurst is going to come in at at six four and a half two sixty. No, 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 no. I think that the the size adjustment is what's going to give it to Dallas. Yeah. Okay. I see that. I see that. Yeah. If you factor in size. Dallas may have a better performance, but Hurst's numbers will probably all be better. Probably. I think across the board, his raw numbers will be better, but I think once you adjust for size, which is something I do with my um, my athleticism rate, and I'm expecting Dallas's number to be a higher output. I'll give a, another low-key uh, talking point here with these tight ends. I'm talking the two guys that really pop for me, Durham Smythe out of Notre Dame, Dalton Schultz, out of Stanford, that says Stanford, Stanford, um, and uh, both these guys are are bigger, more blocking inline style tight ends, um, and I want to see how these guys test because I'm a little bit more optimistic with Smythe in terms of him being a little bit more of a dynamic receiving option, uh, but Smythe or uh, Schultz wasn't really asked to do much at Stanford. I mean, he literally just sat between zones and was a check down option. And, you know, we didn't really see him get to work the seam very often. Um, so I'm anxious to see, you know, a little bit more specific, you know, we'll see all the different routes that they'll run and chances to make plays in the ball. And obviously the athletic testing. So those two guys, you know, I'm anxious to see if there's a little bit more dynamic of a skill set than what we got to see on tape, just based on how they were used. Good stuff, Joe. I, I definitely agree. Um, I think both of those guys are in the same bucket. That's what we talked about in the pre-show. They're cut from the same cloth, looking for deciding factors. Let's, let's quickly switch around here uh, to some of the offensive linemen, Joe, here. We're getting close on time. Uh, but I did want to ask you if you could name two or three guys that you need to see either one specific athletic test from or just an overall good showing. Who are the guys that – that you think need to show out. You're talking offensive line here? Yes. All right. I think, oh, that need to show out. Okay, I'll go with, first of all, Jamarco Jones, offensive tackle from Ohio State. I think he's a really good athlete. I want him to prove that and generate some buzz around him. I think that he's being slept on very much in this class where there's some debate over you know who OT1 is and if Connor Williams is a tackle or a guard and does he have length, et cetera, et cetera. Jamarco Jones has a really good opportunity here to solidify his standing as you know one of the best two or three tackles in this class. Orlando Brown, 6'7", 360 pounds. How does he move, right? We think he moves pretty good on tape, uh, but uh, we'll find out. We'll, we'll get to see those hips. We'll get to see those feet uh, really exposed in the drills. And, um, you know, I'm anxious to see if, if he's 
the package that I think he can be. And the other guys, Chuk Woma Okorafor. He's a guard or offensive tackle from Western Michigan. I know both you and I like him a ton. He's a very toolsy guy. Still got some some technical work to do, but I mean, as far as just a combination of size, length, mobility, man, it's pretty rare. Well, let's find out how rare it is. Uh, at the combine, so those are the three guys that I'm pretty anxious to see, and and um, really could could swing the pendulum, if you will, for their draft stock. Joe, I just had an epiphany here, live on the air. All right, I have my first final evaluation. <laughs> Isaiah Wynn came to the Senior Bowl and then had a shoulder injury that he has since had surgery on. Do you think Isaiah Wynn is going to test at the NFL Combine, having no. surgery at the end of January? No, he's not doing that. No. no. Do you think he's doing any athletic testing, having surgery at the end of January on a shoulder issue? No. We have, we, we have the size weigh-ins from the Senior Bowl. I have a final grade. I can't tell you what it is because I haven't run it yet. But I'm sitting here <laughs> talking, thinking through in my head, guys, that I would have liked to have talked about. And Isaiah Wynn would have been one because I think he would have tested very well. But Isaiah Wynn's not going to test. Uh, so I'll say Austin Corbett is one. I think you see a very athletic guy on tape. I want to see that athleticism play out on the, on the athletic testing just to reaffirm what we think we see. Uh, I think Wyatt Teller, Joe is another one that we need to see uh, some good athletic performances from after seeing him. And this is something I know you reaffirmed recently going through his film. A um, little bit of a disconnect between the senior bowl and his film. So can we get some inklings as to which guy this really is? Uh, I think he's really physical. I think he's going to you know showcase himself. Above average. I'm not expecting him to test through the roof like I'm expecting Austin Corbett to. And how about Alex Kappa? Mm. I want to know what Alex Kappa's athletic testing looks like because he's he was super interesting, yeah. right? Like he comes across the stage at the senior bowl and we're like, ooh, young buck working at like that D three weight room. We see you. <laughs> and then he gets out in the field and he like beats the shit out of people. <laughs> he's just knocking them around. And it kind of opens your eyes. It's like, wow, like this guy's got like really great, like lower body strength and his core strength's better than we thought it was. But how strong is he? How explosive is he? Because those are, those are areas where he has to win immediately because he still does have to rework his body. He does have to have time in an NFL weight room and, and continue to shift and adjust his body, Joe. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you make you see the dude, and you wonder what he's been doing for the last four years, and maybe he just has bad genes or something. But that's a dude whose body composition is not what you expect for how good he is on the field. Uh, let me get one more in on here, Kyle, on these offensive linemen. I want to talk about James Daniel, the centers, the center from Iowa. And if you watch this guy on tape, his ability to work as a move blocker and reach destinations and the second level. Uh, that are pretty rare, man. He is explosive. He is springy. And, uh, you know, I just think he's got, like, pretty ridiculous burst. I mean, I almost thought he – why isn't this guy playing defensive line? But uh, he's a damn good center, and I think he's got some pretty good power to go with his movement skills. But we'll see what he what he checks in in terms of his size. I think he's listed at, like, 6'4", 295. I definitely don't want to see him any less than that. Uh, but, uh, you know, what type of athlete is he? Because I think I see a pretty special one on tape at, uh, from college, and we'll get a chance to see it uh, for real here in, in a few days. 
Yeah, Joe, that's one I'm going to have to go back to the table yeah. when you're talking me into. I keep trying. Uh, I, I liked him. I thought he was like a solid. I thought he was like a solid late day two guy, and you know, a lot of people that I really respect are coming away raving about his film. So I'm gonna, it's one I'm going to have to circle back to here in a couple weeks and and see if I don't see anything the second time around that doesn't change my mind. Joe, great stuff, man. Talking about the offensive side of the ball. 2018 NFL Combine, it's right around the corner. It starts this week. We hope we adequately set the table for you guys, for offensive players. Uh, We will be back on Wednesday talking about defense, so make sure you hit that subscribe button. Follow along with us. Leave us a lovely five-star review. We got some great ones, Joe. We're almost up at 100 five-star reviews. And some jerk gave us a one-star anonymous. And I don't know who you are, but I will find you. Good luck little taken reference for the folks sitting at home. Um, Make sure you reach out to us if you have questions that you want answered on Wednesday's show. I know we had some questions for the offensive side we didn't get around to, but we got takes on takes. So um, we are logging those. We are certainly going to touch on your questions, whether that's on social media, which I'm probably going to do now that I'm getting off of this podcast recording now and answer some questions. Um, Or we will take take those on the air. Uh, you can reach Joe. He is at the Joe Marino. I am at NDT Scouting. Kyle Crab signing off with Joe Marino. This is the Draft Dudes Podcast. And we'll catch up with you on Wednesday, priming the defensive side of the ball. Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu, Title Premium, 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot, and full HD. Atlas, we need to shout that from the rooftops. Best deal ever. I didn't mean literally. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit Sprint.com slash Unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercial plan for Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit. Third dollar activation fee speed. Maximums use rules and restrictions apply. You've reached the high fashion hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.